0: Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Rhett, it's time for another conversation with an interesting person from the internet.
1: This week it's Mamrie Hart, one part of what many fans are calling YouTube's Holy Trinity, which also includes Grace Helbig and Hannah Hart, previous guests on the show.
0: She's got a popular weekly show, you may know about it, called You Deserve a Drink, but she also just released a feature film, Camp Dakota. Uh, which she wrote and starred in alongside her YouTube counterparts, Grace and Hannah.
1: Uh, So we talked to Mamrie about growing up with a television star as a father, founding the Topless Tuesday Club in college, and we traced the path from arriving in New York with only $400 to finding a career on YouTube and uh, writing and starring in her own feature film.
0: And we talked about how her friendship with Grace and Hannah might affect her future plans.
1: Um, uh, Of course... One of the things that came up in conversation a lot was um, camp. Uh, she, we learned that she draws on her own experience as a camp counselor to uh, write and form the story of Camp Dakota. So it, it got us thinking about our camp experience. Right. So I, I don't know. How old were we the time we went to camp together? Uh, this is fourth grade. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. And I, I just remember the concept of camp. Even before we went, it, it was this thing that oh, when you reach a certain age, it's summertime you get to go away.
0: And I, this is the, the kind of this is the kind of thing that I got to be honest with you. I looked forward to with great anticipation, which is I tend to be tends to be what I do anyway. I kind of build things up and I get really excited about them. But camp was this thing that, it, in my mind, it seemed like the ultimate experience because you get to go away. For one whole week. I mean, no you,
1: parents, no parents. You don't know any of the you could other kids. Do whatever kids. you
0: want to. Uh, you, we were going as friends. You know, we, we. I knew you, and you knew me, and that was it. And everybody else was going to be a new friend.
1: Yeah, my my mom took us, drove us to uh, Western North Carolina to Camp Caraway. Oh yeah. Now Camp Caraway, it that kind of sound, Caraway. It sounds more like a like a like a retreat place for adults, almost. Like kids don't have cares. It's or like a rest home or something, but it but it actually was a camp. I always thought
0: it was like carrot.
1: Get, don't get carried
0: away at Camp away.
1: Well, that would be carrot Camp Carried Away.
0: <laughs> but you're saying it was. There's no cares here. You don't. You have no cares. Put your cares away. Like carefree, camp like camp carefree, camp carefree. That sounds like something for old folks. Camp care away sounds like oh yeah, this might be for for kid for children.
1: Now. um... The only reason I didn't cry when my mom dropped us off is because you were there. <laughs> I was, I just remember being so anxious. A lot of my childhood is defined by anxiety. I, as I reflect on it now, I, di- I, just, I, I didn't put my finger on it at the time that I was an anxious child, but well, I, and you I also, do see it now.
0: You never told me, because- I, I was had, playing it cool. I, had I was, the time was nervous as my, l- get out. I had the time of my life. You know, I mean, now, both neither of us took a dump the entire week. I'll just go ahead and get that out there, because there's something about, you just kind of pucker up a little bit when you go to a new environment, but it wasn't because I was anxious. It was just because
1: I was in camp mode. Well, the facilities were—I mean, the actual toilets. There was there wasn't a lot of privacy. There was no
0: there. There was a stall, but there was no door, and I was like, I'm waiting until I get back home.
1: Right, so other kids could walk I thought there was a door. Other kids could walk in front of it unless you were in the last stall and then if someone came to check to see if anybody was in there, well they would see. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. I
0: was I was anxious about that personally. And when you're a kid, somehow you can you can hold
1: it for a week. I don't I know just, how how that works. I remember thinking when Wednesday rolled around and nothing was nothing was rolling out, I was like, <laughs> Oh man, I'm what's gonna happen? You're gonna explode. Thursday comes up, I'm like, Man, Friday. And next
0: thing you know, my parents are picking you up and you're and you're like, oh no, wait, can we stop somewhere?
1: No, I didn't I waited till I got all the way home. But I I mean the things I re- I remember about camp, um I don't remember any of the other kids. I don't remember making any other friends, but there were girls there. It was a co ed camp, right? No. <laughs> it was only it was only guys?
0: Yes, it was only guys. Are you sure? I'm 100 percent sure. Maybe, well, it was a,
1: I it, guess that's why I don't remember any girls. It was a
0: Royal Ambassador Camp. It was an RA camp.
1: Oh, the GA camp was like across the lake or something? Yeah, I
0: mean, there there may have been a GA camp that was somehow, what what did the GA stand for? Girl Ambassadors.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I really don't.
0: Uh, they, But no, no, definitely no girls. I
1: remember a big swimming pool, and I remember going to that swimming pool and not being happy about that because there was a bunch of kids, and I felt like a lot of them were like dirty. Like these kids been running around in the woods and now they're gonna jump in a pool with me? Why didn't you just, t- I mean. I don't feel good about that. Why didn't you just, you never told me any of this. I found I find all this out when we become adults. And plus I'm not buoyant. I haven't done a number two and it's been five days. So I'll probably sink to the bottom. Oh, see, I, I mean. Like all that. there's a lot of ins and outs of this thing. But see the thing that, the the food, thing that the upsets me.
0: Here's the thing that upsets me is that I had the time of my life and we never went back because you didn't like it. It's like when we go to a restaurant. This this happens all the time now. We go to a restaurant, and I'm like, oh, this restaurant's good. And then we, we get out, and you're like, eh, I don't want to go there again. And we never <laughs> go back again. It's just Camp Caraway all over again.
1: Now, I don't remember ever telling you that I didn't like it.
0: There was a reason why when we brought it up the next year, it was just like, I don't think I'm going to do that this year. You never, But you wouldn't tell me why. You would be like, well, I was afraid of the pool and, <laughs> uh, you know. Everything, really. I didn't know where the GAs were. <laughs> and so I didn't get to go. I think of all the summers that I missed out on.
1: If my mom would have been a counselor, I probably would have <laughs> went back. That's the sad I truth. I
0: remember our counselor. His name was Jeff Cole. Oh, Jeff wow. Jeff Cole. He had a mustache.
1: And like really short military hair. He was like
0: 22, but he had a, he had a mustache, and so I thought he was 32. But now that I think about it, I realize he was like right out of college. And he was a weird dude. I gotta admit, he was a weird dude. Um, uh, But, you know, I appreciated his leadership. <laughs> you didn't. You don't even remember his name. I, you just remember being anxious. Were you scared of
1: his mustache? I was afraid he was gonna leave us in there. <laughs> I don't know, I mean... I'd never been away from home that, that long and held it that long. Have I said that already? Yeah. You know, just, uh, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I, I do remember that once your parents picked us up, we went directly from there to the Asheboro Zoo, and that's where we bought those matching gorilla purple T-shirts. Yeah. That is, that is the picture that we posted online, one of the first pictures of the two of us together that has, like, survived all of these years. So in the,
0: in that picture are two... Besides class pictures. two young boys who have been holding... Uh, holding it for
1: oh, they were st- a we had, week. We had full large intestines. That's in that crazy. Picture. I never thought about that when I see that picture. We looked happy at that point. I was just, I was just relieved to be with people I knew. <laughs> but not that relieved. So I, I think um, if I were to write a screenplay about that, it would, uh, you know, be pretty boring. Be pretty, be pretty sad. At least, yeah. If you think what we just talked about was boring, then yeah, I think the screenplay would also be boring. But I think Camp Dakota, they, uh, they fared they fared better than that. It has
0: some more interesting plot points.
1: (laughs) Okay, Mamrie uh, Hart's
0: fan base, it continues to grow. She's got two YouTube channels, You Deserve a Drink. Where she uh, makes drinks for you, but also has lots of puns. And they're like themed uh, around a celebrity or around an event or something like that. And then she's got Mametown, which is a more personal channel, and both of those are uh, are really taken off, continue to take off.
1: And uh, she also, I might add, made it. Quite possibly the most hilarious cameo in in our video, Christmas Face, as the on-screen makeup artist,
0: and she's making a cameo, if you want to call it that, on Ear Biscuit. So let's get right to it, our Ear Biscuit with Mamrie Hart. Okay, so last time we saw each other, yes. Uh, was at the...
1: Uh, camp Dakota premiere. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it, was it, extended, sne- it was just like a party. The sneak
0: preview.
2: Yeah, yeah. sneak preview, an excuse to all have adult beverages outdoors party. I think it's what the official name was. And we
1: had a ball. We had our pictures taken you with you. K-
2: you guys were killing me. You were taking all the pics wrapped up in a blanket. Just Oh, like, yeah.
1: Well, a camp theme. You it know? was real cute. We, we go with a
0: the theme. You guys if, won. If anything, we go with a the theme.
2: You guys won that green carpet.
0: But you, Congratulations, by the yeah. way,
1: hey, on thanks. Camp Dakota. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's really exciting. Super exciting. It's like more exciting for me as a writer, even than an actress, to be like, oh,
1: it's doing well. But Rhett told me that you told him a story that I didn't get to hear about leaving Christmas Face. So I wanted to hear that from you.
2: Oh, okay. So when I left Christmas Face and I was in full on, what what would you call her? She was a makeup artist- by day, a little trashy, lady of the night by yeah. <laughs> morning. Night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I had that crazy makeup done, and then as soon as I left, because I was running late, I had to get on a phone call, and I didn't want to go into the parking garage and lose service in the elevator, so I just walked around downtown for like 20 minutes and people, <laughs> and then I got in the car and like rear viewed and was like, oh. F-
1: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't still just have the shirt on, too, right?
2: I had like a cardigan on over okay. it. No, but it was still a, a still a Poison uh, Flesh and Blood tour, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, halter top,
1: Alter to homemade top.
2: halter top.
0: Well, it was it was perfect for what we needed. Oh, I, I loved it, and, and it was, was perfect for downtown. Perfect for me parading too. the
1: streets downtown. Yeah.
2: <laughs> me too. Got some new clients. It was great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But no one, no one approached you to tell you that. Uh,
2: no, because I was on such a intense, intense phone call. call like they thought I was breaking up with my pimp. I can right, only right, right. imagine, or
0: setting up the next appointment.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Wow, I and was... the video looked great.
1: Oh yeah, your 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 appearance was amazing. Thank the, you. R- the comments were raving.
2: Oh, thank you. Your
1: contribution. So, oh, appreciate that. We should we should do more of that type of stuff. I'm into it. More halter top. We got to come of up with something else, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Christmas sweats, Christmas face, Christmas. We, you know, but, yeah. What are other know Christmas what areas is. are there? I don't know. I don't want to start thinking about it. No, it, it's too it early. is a bit early. Yeah. You got to wait till the weather changes. At least till July, guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Forget I brought it up. Now, I w- I'd love to get into your creative process right okay. off the bat. Just, um, <laughs> you know, in watching your videos, I love the bloopers at the end. And Loops. For me, that kind of, um, I find myself trying to analyze your creative process and and find the clues of exactly mm-hmm. how you do it in the bloopers. Like, okay, she looked down there as she finished this improv riff she might maybe she has written down some of her lines and then she's just kind of riffing off of that obviously there's stuff off the top of the head so Mm -hmm. um that's how i look at the bloopers and also they're hilarious so (laughs) i mean for there's like you're just looking for clues to bust me (laughs) (laughs) not bust you uh i'm just fascinated with 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 how it all comes together
2: well there is Pre-written jokes. There are pre-written jokes. Uh, Essentially, I think about some silly puns. Grace comes over. We have a pre-game cocktail. We think of a few more, and then we just—we get up, we intro, make the whole drink, and then it's— we bump in for joke time so i have the pre-written for joke you know it i don't like go back and forth it's just like here's how i make the drink and then it's like all right now we're just going to shoot jokes for like the next 15 minutes or so okay um so we have some prepared because some of them are you know pretty in depth but then it's me just riffing and essentially trying to make grace hellbig laugh that's the that's the ultimate goal is to get her to break behind the camera
0: and has she been there for every episode
2: every episode really Every single episode. Grace and I know each other from New York, uh, and we were on our first sketch team team together Mm -hmm. like uh, six years ago or so. And then we also lived in the same neighborhood in Brooklyn. So we would spend many a day getting Bloody Marys at like two on a Monday. And I wasn't doing any internet stuff yet, but then I had the idea for Dad. and we lived, you know, really close to each other. So we just... I'd walk up the long hill.
1: So you shoot these now, what's this, your your house, your apartment? Now at my apartment, yeah. So she comes over. She
2: comes over, yeah. And
1: and it's just like, you only shoot one at a time, I assume.
2: Well, I mean, not always because of schedules and whatnot. You can kind of plan, like, if it's a pop culture one, obviously you're going to shoot it the week of. But if I'm doing a pop culture one and the next weekend is St. Patrick's Day, then we can go ahead and do it. St. Patrick's Day one, so you can kind of tell how many we shot in a day depending on my level of drunkenness.
1: Because if we're doing like
2: a three, like a three wide dad day,
1: oh yeah, maybe
2: number three is pretty loose. P- yeah, we might not even find the footage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, you know, these drinks are. I don't. I know so little about right. mixed drinks. Are you inventing these?
2: I'm inventing these. You're inventing these, these yeah, right? I bartended through college, and I also bartended for like seven years in New York City. So I'm using my, like, base knowledge and then kind of jumping off, you know, traditional drink- drinks or just making ones up and just, you know, seeing if they taste good.
0: Because you have to have a bit of a palate for that.
2: For sure. Yeah, with all different, like, infusions and So, h- I mean, and-
0: how much of the... Uh, how good of a drink this is going to be, mm-hmm. it goes into the process. Is like, I want you, to, you guys to enjoy this.
2: Oh, 100%. Because, A, I don't want to drink something gross. And also, the, the nothing makes me happier than when I see that people actually made the drinks at home, which the drinks that tend to be made are like the most white trash ones. Like, I had one Amanda, for Amanda Bynes that's literally cupcake vodka, champagne, food coloring, then it's dipped <clears throat> in Funfetti icing. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the drink. And that's the one that gets made the most. Well,
1: that's because everybody already Mm. has that stuff laying around. Exactly. If
2: I'm like, we're going to do walnut liqueur with, you know, cardamom-infused bourbon, they're like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've got Funfetti in my pocket right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's what the kids are calling it
1: (laughs) these days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you'll bring out these bottles of Uh stuff that's like, whoa, the budget for this thing just went through the roof. But it's all tax deductible, right? It's all
2: tax deductible. I didn't realize that the first year I did (laughs) dad. Uh, okay. and then the second year it was like oh my gosh uh, let me show this to the accountant and I'm like I swear I swear my drinking is a write off yeah. that's great <laughs> but I do have a kind of ridiculous liquor cabinet it's ridiculous. You Describe have to. It. Well, I just have so much crap. I'm never going to finish. I did a drink a couple weeks ago that had Galliano in it. Do you know what that is? No. It's like this crazy huge. I think bottle. I went to high school
1: with him though. Oh. Yeah. It looked like that building in San Francisco. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. I bet it. Do- it does. I you don't know. You know the
1: the really skinny pyramid. Oh. Is that what you're talking about? Earthquake proof yes, building.
2: That is the right bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm never going to drink that, <laughs> but I just have it.
0: Because you had to mix a little bit in.
2: A little bit in. So yeah, it's pretty impressive.
1: I mean, you don't like have parties where it's like, all right, just have at it, but you got to buy a ticket or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a ticket.
2: I don't have open houses with cakewalks and, <laughs> and come to my at-home carnival. We're raising <laughs> money for me. Um, it's my favorite cause. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: I love those. By the way, when we were kids, did your oh, elementary schools have them?
0: I want a fish.
2: You want a fish? I didn't want a cake. I think that's I irresponsible. Want a fish.
0: And that fish got a growth and died. Ooh! Wow! Yeah, like a cancer. They oh,
2: didn't a very
1: sp- large cancer. Tumor. They didn't
2: splurge we- for the good Goldies no. at your elementary it was good school for a while.
1: I think it was something in the water. Now it, you ask about our fall festival experience. Yes, and we come from the same place, right? Yeah, North Carolina. N- represent. Ooh, ooh. Raise up, I should say. Oh, right.
2: Spin around your head like a helicopter.
1: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm very tempted to do that at this moment, <laughs> but I'm not going to because, uh, well.
2: Yeah, it's There's weird. No cameras. Yeah, exactly. So, That's the point. Like born and raised in North Carolina. I was actually born in New Jersey and moved to North Carolina when I was seven.
1: Okay, so mm-hmm. you remember some of Jersey. I
2: remember like memories of Jersey. Yeah,
1: like what? What are your um, Jersey memories? I've never been there.
2: You've never been to New Jersey? Well, I didn't live in the part of Jersey where people think of. I feel like people from the South, when they think of New Jersey, they think of like hoboken or like just somewhere really dirty No offense, okay. hoboken listeners um i lived in like super rural new jersey and uh like we had a meadow behind our house and you know old house small huh. town it was like a little township called andover and the memories i have the most of jersey is i lived in an area that had all these little independent theme parks have you ever been to one where it's like oh are you talking? This is a family-run little theme park.
1: I think you mean petting zoo, right?
2: It, well, yes, there was a petting zoo with rides. There was the land of make-believe. There was a place called the Gingerbread House that was like this big house that someone spent all this money I know the turning into. Yeah. yeah, I feel like all those roadside weird things. Roadside
1: attraction stuff.
2: Were, there was a lot of those right. where I lived my first few years in New Jersey. Yeah.
1: Okay, so did that make you sad to leave? I mean, I'm le- Is there a gingerbread house where we're going? <laughs> There's Mom? barely a
2: house where we went.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why did you Why did you move? What was the?
2: We moved because uh, we had family in North Carolina, and also at the time, my dad segue. My dad was an actor, and the show he worked on was in Georgia. So we wanted to move to the South.
1: But not but all no, the way to yeah. Georgia?
2: No, because my parents were already, like, separated, so it was like, let's move closer so we're a five-hour drive, but, like, let's be near to your cousins and
1: stuff. Meaning you live with your mom, not your dad, but your mom moved you closer to your dad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was that was big of her.
2: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, but, yeah, I mean, they well, got along She and didn't everything. go
1: all the way to Georgia or anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I'll go <laughs> as far as North Carolina, but you're going no, to have to. No, we
2: moved to where her sister lived and all our cousins were. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, so your
0: dad was an actor. Yeah. I did not know this.
2: Yes.
0: In what, at, um, the, at the time, was he working
1: on?
2: At the time, he was on an 80s cop show called In the Heat of the Night with Carol O'Connor.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Who was from All in, All in the Family. Mm-hmm. Of course. That was his follow-up to that. mm mm-hmm. uh, I have a special place in my heart for uh, Carol O'Connor because he reminded me of my grandfather... Clyde who passed away I might get sad oh my god he had a chair he looked just like him he does Aww. look just like yeah him. and he, he had a, he had like the flat same haircut and he had a chair the Archie Bunker chair yeah in his house like so no
2: one else sits in it
1: he yeah no one else sat in it and it was exactly like the show and he would sit down and watch it and then so like everybody my mom always loved the show and watch reruns because it was a connection with her dad mm-hmm. and uh so Aww. yeah, now we have that connection. Oh
2: goodness! Was your grandfather also a major racist, like Archie Bunker? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, There we he go. Was. Of course.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. Yes. Big time. The
2: fondest memory.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he even hated being white just because it was a race.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gotcha. He just wanted. <laughs> yeah. His ideal was just to be a skeleton.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, great. So you skills. moved
1: to North Carolina, mm-hmm. and was this like culture shock? I mean, you had a meadow in your backyard in Jersey, but what it do was, you remember about the transition?
2: I remember hating that people called their mom's mama.
1: Oh, you hated that? I
2: hate And now I do. Now it's about mama. But like at the time, everyone sounded like so slow to me because I was, you know, I'd lived in New Jersey. so sounded I Sounded
1: slow. Uh,
2: not like more intellectually. <laughs> just, you know, I just was really not used to the, I was, I would get pissed off when people would say ain't. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be like, ain't is not a word. Like, I oh. was, like, a little sassafras. As a second grader. Third grader, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: In what part of North Carolina? Um,
2: My town was called Boonville, and it was one stoplight, and it's at, like, the base of the mountains. Okay. Yeah. So, between, like, Boone and Winston-Salem. Got it. Yeah. Rural, one stoplight.
0: Oh, yeah. Once once the elevation really starts changing in North Carolina, you know, that's when you really get into the, mm-hmm. the
1: good stuff.
2: The real good stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> So you were there with your mom and, like, her sisters were nearby. So you, like, you had aunts. Do you have siblings?
2: Yeah. I have an older brother and an older sister.
1: And they were with you guys there. hmm And you would hear about dad, the famous, was was like, oh, I got a famous dad who's down in Georgia. Like, telling your school friends and stuff.
2: No, I mean, that was kind of just, please, I'm from a town of, like, 1,100 people. Everyone knew it before we even got there. Uh-huh. Um,
0: but well, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, going back to that time. Right. You know, some, you you knew somebody that was involved in entertainment. I mean, that was very few and far between. I mean, we didn't. I didn't know anybody that right. had any and connections that, to any that 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 television show. show. Yeah, if you everybody lived, knew about. It's like
2: if you lived in the middle of nowhere, and then, like, a guy from CSI was moving to your town.
1: Right. Yeah. So, Which is a dream of mine. I know. Yeah, that family, that family,
2: the daddy, the daddy's only in the heat of the night. Oh, That dad is Parker
1: Williams. Exactly. Oh, yes.
2: It was definitely like that. It was... Georgia. It was, well, he but, come, he'd come up like every month. But Oh, so
1: <laughs> your parents did live together.
2: They lived together till I was like three when my dad got the show. Okay. And then he moved, and then we moved to North Carolina, but he was still like come up okay. know, all holidays. We'd spend the summer with him, so we'd spend the summer on the set of He the Night and stuff.
1: So your parents were civil. They weren't together, but oh, they were friendly.
2: Yeah, they're 100%. Yeah. No, just kinda like, you know, faded. The marriage faded. There wasn't like I've oh. never seen my parents fight or anything like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did your mom do?
2: My mom is a high school teacher. Still is? Still is. High school English. Yeah, she was In Boonville? Well, she has to commute. There isn't a high school in my town.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, she's a high school English teacher in North Carolina. Hating every second of it. <laughs>
1: no, I'm just, just do kidding. her students know of uh Memory and her channel?
2: That, I don't know, because my mom remarried, so we don't have the same last name. So, I don't know if my mom brings me up. I doubt she kind of mentions me in class considering my subject matter. Right. She doesn't want to be like, hey, everyone, go listen to my daughter say <laughs> jokes. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> uh,
2: probably not ideal.
0: It's what, funny because my, my dad is a law professor.
2: Okay, oh, wow.
0: And has been since we moved to North Carolina in 84. Um and uh, he does t- talk to his law students about me because they somebody figured it out and and, oh. and was like, uh, Dean McLaughlin is, is is Rhett's dad, and then and once somebody found that out, my dad just rides that wave all the time.
2: Oh yeah, but also like let's let's get real. Our content is very different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: you know what I mean.
1: So what's what's your mom like? And is it oh I I watched your video and. Uh, You know, is there there a dynamic there with your Um, mom? It's like, I can't show this to my
2: No, my my mom doesn't really bring it up. My mom's just stoked that, you know, I'm being able to make a living being creative. We don't like, you know, go back and forth on my jokes.
1: Does she have a similar sense of humor or are, are you like a departure?
2: Definite departure. My parents are both super funny, but they're not like crass whatsoever. So we don't like go over the latest Y-Dad, but she's super stoked about Camp Dakota because that isn't filthy. Yeah. Or even my my second, I started a second channel Mame Town and it's just like really goofy. So she likes that too. Things she could possibly, you know, have my nephews watch and she wouldn't be terrified.
1: Right. (laughs) So she, but she gives you positive feedback. She focuses on that.
2: Yes, exactly. At this point. Oh, she's super stoked. She loves it. I mean, my mom and dad met when they were in, uh, they were both in the theater department in college. So my mom loves, you know, in a different world, she would have been an actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, she, could, she couldn't be prouder that I'm, I'm doing it. Guys, I'm
1: doing it. <laughs> yeah, you are. So, so from a young age, did you want to follow <clears throat> in, and it sounds like both of their footsteps mm-hmm. in terms of this uh, kind of entertainer, actress Oh, when I was bend.
2: 10, I was begging for an agent.
1: Really? And were, I was like, really?
2: please let me, like, there was a hot minute where I was like, let me go live with dad, let me go, I like, I need an agent, I need to do this. But, you know, I'm so glad that didn't happen, A, because there's nothing worse than seeing kids rejected in <laughs> the mm. entertainment industry, um, or like crazy stage moms. Right. But also because I really enjoyed the upbringing of living in the middle of nowhere.
1: So, what were you doing that was evidence of this desire? Were you like performing on street corners?
2: Oh, yeah. The
1: one at the, the one, one stoplight?
2: No, I remember me and my friends, I was like, you guys, let's just cheerlead. Let's just cheerlead on the streets. <laughs> so, I'd be like cheerleading. I remember I was like, I cheerleaded. Cheerleading on, what? Like on- the traffic? Yeah, cheerleading the traffic. I remember someone pulled over once and was like, "What are you raising money for?" And I was like, "Nothing. I'm bored." <laughs> and then uh, we. Do you had, remember
0: any of the cheers for the traffic?
2: No, I mean they were probably they were probably just about me. <laughs> I'm not sure. I remember there was one time we had. Like a piano, and and I took violin for a few years when I was little, and my mom came home and I had taught my next door neighbor how to play like two songs on the piano, and then I was going to accompany it, accompany it, I can't say that word, with violin, and she came in and my like three old lady neighbors were sitting in our living room as we played and I had charged them. (laughs) You had, you had sold tickets. I had charged, I think I charged a dollar, um... (laughs)
1: Wow. But probably my... Well, if it's worth seeing, it's worth paying for, right?
2: Right. But probably my favorite me performing money-making schemes that I ever did was my sister and I and another uh, guy on In the Heat of the Night's Daughter decided that summer while we were on set that we were going to make our own horror movie. And so we made our own horror movie called uh, Night Fright. And I was the killer and they were two house sitters that I was you know trying to murder. And the film, I'll call it a film... Was about fifteen minutes long, and during the in the, the in the hit the night rap party, we made programs, like with our like actor bios. We we had a separate room. We it was at someone's house, so we like had a screening room in the living room. Oh. We charged people five dollars to five. come watch our movie, and people, you know, they felt pressured to because they were at a party and we were kids and we were cute. And in the program, it said all proceeds will go to Dare
0: oh, Drug yeah. Abuse to is keep kids and, off Drugs, yeah.
2: We made a hundred bucks and we went to Six Flags. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it was a diversion. I mean, in,
2: in, in
1: one way or another, you didn't do drugs that day.
2: Exactly. You went to Six Flags. We just abused their money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dare to keep us three off drugs <laughs> yeah, for exactly. like a six-hour period. Exactly. And on six a Six coaster.
2: Exactly to feel like we're on kid wow. drugs. Yeah.
1: And uh, so, wow, were there, were there any um, like pangs of regret for that?
2: No, it's a pretty great story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's totally yeah, worth yeah. it. You're still cashing yeah. in on that. I one. I mean,
2: Dippin' Dots had just come out, so my ass was getting to Six Flags.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. when it was the ice cream of the future.
2: Yeah, right now it's just the, of the present, it's, I yeah, guess, well,
0: and a little bit of the past.
2: Yeah, I know. Okay,
0: so you would go to the to the set of in the heat of the night during the summer? Is that mm-hmm. yeah? What is that like?
2: It was cool because while they were first of all craft services, as we all know, that's the best. I mean. Just a dream. I would like go to the makeup trailer and like make them give me makeovers. I mean, in a very sweet way. I wasn't like a bratty kid. Like we were all friends. And then um, huge soundstage, all these different sets. So while they're shooting in the police station, me and my brother and sister are in the fake courthouse pretending to have a trial or in the fake diner pretending to be waitresses. It was basically just- Your playground. Yeah. Running around the different sets.
0: Did you ever weasel your way onto the show?
2: Um, No, I actually did some background work Which, you know, when you do a background actor Let's say you make like 80 bucks for the day, 100 bucks for the day I was like, I'm loaded (laughs) Like, I couldn't believe it But it was between me and another daughter on the show To get one line that was Hey mister, can we get our Frisbee back? And they gave it to her And I was pissed (laughs) She got like 500 bucks
0: Hey, mister, can we get, get our, our Frisbee, frisbee back? back? Did yeah. she also get the Frisbee back?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was Ooh, part of the script. She got it
0: all. She got it all. But you, wow. you were at least standing next to her. I was
2: standing behind her with hair down to my butt, parted in the middle, huge glasses, looking like Joan Baez in getting a tie-dye shirt.
1: A, like I'm getting a hundred today.
2: <laughs> getting a cool hundo. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So what was it? what was it like for you growing up Besides the uh, summer trips,
2: I played all the sports, even though I was terrible at it. Like, I still played every sport. I remember going to like convincing my parents to send me to basketball camp mm. at Georgia Tech once. And really? it was like, God bless them for not crushing my dreams. Because, like, why did I need to go to an expensive, it wasn't probably expensive, but why did I need to go to a basketball camp when I like rode the bench? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so bad at sports, but I played them all. And then I also danced.
0: Also big. What kind of dance?
2: Ballet, tap, jazz. Yeah. I danced growing up, and then I um, I taught in high school. And uh, and then when I did the summer camp thing, you know, Camp Dakota's based on, I did uh, dance instruction there.
0: Really? So that yeah. was uh, kind of close to your heart, Very actually close. being a counselor or a teacher. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what do you think it was <clears throat> that uh, made you want to get involved in so many things?
2: Because there was nothing, I mean, there was really nothing to do in our town. You know, it's not like you could even walk somewhere and get a slice of pizza and play a video game. Like there was right. literally nothing to do. So I feel like everyone was kind of always doing any extracurricular activity they could. And,
1: and was it kind of like, "Oh, I'm going to get out of this town one day. I'm going to be
2: Yeah, I just in wore that leather jacket and just yeah. <laughs> and just stared into the
1: horizon.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh Yeah, I wanted to go to college. (laughs) I just (laughs) wanted to get the hell out. I wanted to go to college. Yeah, it was, I I had a really great time. I love that area, but there's like zero way I could live
1: there. So, where did you end up?
2: So, I went from there to UNC Chapel Hill. Ooh. Ooh, I know. Mm. I know. I was actually uh, texting with DJ Flula before I got here. And he was like, are you watching the UNC Duke game? And I was like, no, I'm going to go record with Rhett and Link. He was like, of course those NC State Wolf Packers would make you record during UNC Duke yeah. well, game. I was going to ask
0: you, is this something that you would, uh, apart from Flula's influence, would you definitely be watching it right now?
2: You know, it would probably be a toss-up. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't like be at home watching it by myself. Because,
0: but- you know, it wasn't going to be on thursday until it got snowed out it was i know gonna be last week and then got snowed out so i, know. I wouldn't intentionally because i would actually i hate to admit it i do watch that game you
2: yeah i know
0: it's even as an nc state fan
2: you have to just as a north carolinian
0: but i will say i pull for duke i'm sorry i just i don't know what it is i just can't like it i cannot like unc and, it, I, and but it, i like well, you it's been fun and my mm-hmm. wife went to unc Oh, really? So, you, you know, I I can overcome a lot. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Rhett's wife went to UNC, and going to NC State, we had to, we have to hate UNC forever. Why? But we can still but it's like It's just you. no contact. Okay. As long as we disassociate. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to disassociate I'm just, that.
2: I'm just going to pull out my metaphorical men in black thing and just pretend right. I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> oh, because you, you have trouble liking us now, too?
2: No, we're good. Okay. We're good. Good. Mm-hmm. You so, were probably
0: actually at UNC, it, uh, probably a, like a year crossover with my wife. Yeah. Not that, you know, not that it's What's a small school. <laughs> I experimented. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you meant by cross paths? Is yeah, that, yeah well, that's the other I mean, term. That's,
1: yeah, that's that's what Mary was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> So what did you what did you go to UNC for? What was what was the mindset at that point?
2: Uh, with that, it was just I knew I had to go in state, and so that was the the school I wanted to go. When I went to college, I really didn't know what I wanted to study. Okay, like it always been in my head that I was going to be a performer of some kind, but I definitely did the whole like oh you you don't have to have a major you don't you're not going to know what you want to do until your sophomore year. So I ended up doing drama or, and uh, communications.
0: But you had to be, um, I mean, obviously you were involved in a, a lot of different sports and stuff, but you obviously had to be a good student to get into UNC. Oh, oh. yeah. So you were an overachiever?
2: Um. Uh,
0: or just an achiever?
2: I think I was an achiever. Like, I, I I, had good grades and stuff, but yeah, I wasn't like studying all night or anything. I don't know. What What was your high school i'm flipping the tables I, no it, it sounds <laughs> to be like i just got good grades i didn't like try very hard
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay but I kinda,
2: yeah i don't know
1: you're just smart some people are smart no, that's smart. Okay. no i
2: lost it all in college by the way <laughs> oh really <laughs> all of it i was the worst student in college the fact that i graduated on time is
0: shocking
1: what contributed to that
2: i never went to class <laughs> like ever. I went five weeks without going to a class once. Okay, hold on. How does that happen? Because I got one I took classes that didn't have attendance policies. And then Like it's bad. I don't don't do that, kids. Five I still weeks. have I still have recurring nightmares that I'm I realize that I have to take a final for a class I haven't gone to yeah, all that's semester. A classic. And then it's like oh, like besides a bad grade it's more like i can't believe i have to walk into this classroom and people are going to be like who who are you <laughs>
1: And it's because of that. But, well, it's a common anxiety dream. I have it all the time. You do that too? I need to take the final exam and I haven't gone to class. But oh. but I actually did go to class. Okay, nerd alert. You're just having a flashback dream. <laughs> you're not having an anxiety dream. <laughs> yes, it, uh, <laughs> you actually live that. That's just my nom. So just, what are you doing for, the, for these five weeks? I mean, are you like a hard partier? Like a... Woo Um Yeah You know, <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Oh yeah the classic art <laughs> <laughs> Uh
2: Yeah I, I had I lived in a house with my really good friends. Our really good guy friends lived beside us. We shared a yard. I mean it was How
1: crazy did it get, Memory, Give us give us a point of point of Point of reference here. Point of
2: reference. Okay. I mean.
1: Case in point is what I'm actually trying to say. It was
2: just really, it was silly collegiate. We had like, we had three beer pong tables in the back. I threw a party once with six kegs. We like, uh, it it was, I had a a club called Topless Tuesday. I mean, like it was just. Tell us about that. It was women getting together and learning a new uh, skill or craft or whatnot on Tuesdays as they smoked cigars, drank bourbon, and did it all topless.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, now, Whoa. this sounds like a fabulous idea.
2: Yeah, it's great, because you know what? I saw so many girls become comfortable with their bodies when they joined that club.
1: Okay. Topless Tuesday. Topless what, Tuesday, baby. What was your... This was your idea. Founder. Your brainchild.
2: Yes, me and my friend Melissa.
1: What was your... Um, What, what made you think of this idea?
2: Just, what was your motive? Just the... Two of us one day just had a great day, just topless doing something, and we were like, we should invite other girls along.
1: <laughs> you were just like, uh, just hanging out topless. Is that a joke? Link. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: a I do When think they re-listen to this I ear biscuit, they'll drink at that point. I
2: think we were just crafting or something. I don't know. You know, college college
1: was weird. You were cr- you would you were crafting topless. Yeah, it was like, with your friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so it wasn't
2: sexual at all.
1: But you weren't thinking, hey, I, we'll invite a lot of women and they can grow comfortable with their bodies. We that was like, a side effect. The next
2: day, it was like, that was so fun, like getting drunk and smoking cigars and, and crafting. And to- oh, we were topless and it was Tuesday. That's got a ring to it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and
2: then we invited a few girls to join. And then, and then like people had heard about it and they were like, oh, yeah, no, you guys have that club. I want to come to it. So then the next year, Um, like the next semester, uh, me and my friend Melissa who founded it, we invited people to be in the club. Like they got formal almost like you would in a, like a sorority bid. We like bid, we brought you like an invitation and a glass of champagne. Not
1: everybody gets in.
2: Well, I mean, it wasn't like, it's not like people applied and didn't get into Topless Tuesday. We were just like, Hey! You right. 10, you come formal. now. Yeah, exactly. It was really, it was one of the highlights of my college career. Well, I,
0: I want to hear. Okay, so you were at UNC, you were majoring in Commi- drama.
2: Drama and communications and media production.
0: And so at what point were you like, okay, I kind of think I need to go to class mm. and figure out what I'm going to do?
2: My senior year, I finally actually auditioned and, and did a play. Which is actually Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was awesome. Um, so my senior year, that's kind of when they lay the things out that you have to go to. You know, there was a class where you have to work in the wardrobe department for six weeks on a production, and you're just going to live there. So once I had to be there, I really enjoyed it, and um, and that's that's when it solidified that oh, I'm moving to New York from here. Hmm. But up until that point, it was like um. Oh, who's going to get the beer? <laughs> like, I just wasn't thinking about my future at all.
1: So New York, was that for theater or just acting in general?
2: <clears throat> acting in general, but I, I figured you just had to start with theater.
1: And so what was your approach? Did you, hitting the ground in um, the Big Apple?
2: Big Apple, I, I moved there very, very poor. I moved to New York with 400 bucks. Uh,
0: Did you know anybody?
2: Yeah, I knew, I moved up. I moved in with a girl that I had actually been a camp counselor with and and another friend of hers but everything was just i didn't understand what um like safety deposits were or like um what is it the person who rents it out like the fee for the like the person who shows you the apartment i'm i'm really bad with words right now but an agent? Uh, like an a- they have like different word there's a different name for it in new york i can't think of it anyway um so after all that was said and done i moved up there with like 400 bucks and an air mattress so, hitting the ground running was hitting the ground trying to find a job. Mm-hmm. So, I found a job. Um, my friend, still a very good friend to this day, runs a like a post facility uh, recording studio. Um and so I was front desk. So it was cool because I got to see actors coming in to do voiceovers and bands coming in. and mm-hmm. I but then meanwhile, I was just surviving off whatever bagels they put out that morning.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Um and then I and then once I got kind of my feet wet about 9 months there I started just trying to find auditions for myself. Yeah. And that was ter- and they were terrible. They were it was a terrible experience. Did you
1: have an agent at the time? No. What how, what made them terrible?
2: It was just, you know, when you don't have when you don't have an agent or a resume and you're just applying to everything, you know, forget even being paid for it, like totally free work. But just the actual work they were putting up, I always compare it to, it's my go-to comparison of, do you watch the the little show Friends? Have I'm you seen? familiar with it. Have you seen it? I have. Um. So Joey Tribbiani would also always be in these terrible productions where it would be like, Freud uh, in space. <laughs> like that. I felt like those were the auditions I was going on and they were just so embarrassing that I wouldn't even want my friends to come that I decided, all right, I'm going to have to be able to create my own work. And that's when I signed up for my first comedy writing um class and from that class is when I got put on the team with Grace Helbig.
1: And the, so that hmm. was UCB.
2: That was um the People's Improv Theater. So I, okay. I was on a house team there and I did a two person show there and then I moved to UCB and did UCB for four years.
1: So UCB is I mean that that was the like the step up. You just couldn't step into UCB and say hey I want to be here. No, you had to audition. Well, How does yeah, that work?
2: it actually works. Uh, so we were at the People's Improv Theater first, and I took a couple writing classes there, but mainly I just started doing shows, and so I cultivated this two person show called both best of friends with my friend Steve. And we were like, you know what? Let's submit a script to UCB and see if they'll give us an audition show. Even though neither of us had taken classes there, which is like kind kind of not common to do a show there unless you've been through the ranks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we got in and we did a run. And from there I did several shows and, and then I hosted my own show for like three years. And I really just... Snuck in through the back door. But I never the, took a class at UCB. <laughs> Sorry. Really? UCB Yeah.
1: So at UCB, they, they have classes where they teach you improv, yeah but, but then you can just be on one of the teams. We have to just...
2: audition. It's like crazy. They audition, like, I don't know the real numbers, but let's say they have, let's say there's 80 people on their improv teams. They probably have like 900 people audition.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. So you made that team where um, on a certain night.
2: I was on a sketch team. Yeah. I was an actress on a sketch team. Okay. Yeah.
1: And so you learned the ways of improv, not by class, but by actually doing it in front of people.
2: Yeah. Well, improv isn't super my jam. I'm really into sketch, I'm really into written comedy. Okay. I love improvising on stage, like with friends and as a host, but I don't do traditional, I don't do improv teams. Like, I'm not going to, I would be terrible if I had to just walk on stage and be like, Hey, you're 30 minutes late, Joe. We're, we got to get to the theater. Like, I can't. <laughs> that
1: was pretty well, great, thank you. actually. But, well, I, I, like, I was there. I, I only for
2: Joe. do 1800s improv. <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah, so sketch comedy has always been my love. I love the writing process. I guess that's the thing about improv. When did you it's discover so that? Fleeting.
0: When did you discover that the writing was something you were interested in?
2: I think it was on that first team, on that very first sketch team. Uh, when you, when you, it was the first time you really like write something and then hear people laugh who don't know you. That was the first time it was like, oh, I want to do this all the time. Yeah.
0: And and how did you, I mean, did you know from the beginning that, okay, comedy Mm-mm. goes without saying or?
2: No, when I moved to New York, it was to be a serious actress. Really? Yeah. And then when I had the, I had the emotional breakdown and, uh, you know, my friends were and such were just like, why don't you, what do you do? Like, your face, you have a Lucille Ball face. Like, no offense, you can probably act very well, but, like, your face isn't made for drama. And I was like, you're right. I should give it a shot. Because I've always been, like, the goofy, ridiculous person, but I really enjoy dramatic acting. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, you know, suppressing the comedy side. And then I was like, let's give it a shot. And it felt right.
1: So do you feel like, you know, now that you're, comedy thing is is really mm-hmm. starting to take off you, can you see down the road there's oh and then what i'm oh. gonna surprise them with that dramatic I'm, performance I'm pulling a
2: sandler so fast <laughs> you have no clue a sandler yeah, is that, yeah that's, that's, that's not
1: exactly who i was thinking about okay yeah he did that
2: yeah lots of people the robin williams right. all of those well i actually i cry in camp dakota
1: I, well i know i was gonna bring that up yeah. you got, first of all great performance thank you at every turn, thank you. But then you, there's that moment towards the end mm-hmm. that you know we don't want to spoil no it. Spoiler. Listen,
0: it was very compelling. Oh, thank you. And I, uh, I was like, we 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 didn't stop to to talk about it at the time. But I was like, she's doing that thing where she's actually making herself cry. That's that's for
1: real. This she's is not, doing that acting thing this, where she's actually crying. <laughs> no, this.
0: I'm just gonna. I'm making the assumption yes. that you didn't do the whole uh, bring in the onions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, it definitely didn't seem like that. No. It seemed for real. Yeah,
2: we shot that scene. We shot that scene three times. Yeah, and wide, wide medium, and close. Yeah.
0: So okay, well, what is your thing? What do you do? You, do you think about a sad thing?
2: Yeah, that's kind of you know you learn all the different methods in you know when you're in uh, acting school or you know, college for acting, and uh, that's my go-to is just to think of something just really, really, really sad in your own life.
1: Well, can you can you tell us what you were thinking? of? Well,
2: I'll tell you. I also get teary during a. No spoilers, but a fight with Grace and Hannah in that one. And so we each had to, like, get to that level. And so then I just thought, I said, I just thought about if you guys came up to me tomorrow and were like, we've decided we don't want to be friends with you anymore. And I was just like, and I would just be crushed.
1: So well, in that scene, against them, you were actually feeling the rejection of. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, I'm kind of being rejected. It's really tough to talk about a movie without saying what happens in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. But it's
1: intriguing. You got to start intriguing. figuring that out. So yeah. do we. We're like, we're like baiting you.
2: And then also with the with the crying scene at the end, it was towards the end of filming the actual movie. We had like two days left. And I was just really sad about like leaving the crew right. and whatnot. It really did feel like camp when we were shooting the movie. So that was really just like, I this has been so great. I don't want it to end.
1: Okay, I get yeah.
2: it. I'd and, have to, like, dig super deep and be like, this is about my uncle in 1991.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you've helped me discover all I got to <clears> do is think about Carol O'Connor. Yeah. And I start tearing up about my granddad. There we go. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, you One find your triggers. In the heat of the
2: night. Beautiful. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that's been sung to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a, pretty catchy. I have a friend
2: who, we've probably been friends five years now, and every time he emails me, he attaches the YouTube video of the opening
0: song. <laughs> every (laughs) Well, it's a good one. (laughs) It's unforgettable. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you began to get some traction with uh, comedy writing and and the sketch thing. Mm -hmm. And where was where was that headed? You know, pre YouTube. You're right. Were you thinking, all right, you know, I'm going to break into a sitcom, or you Mm -hmm. know, what was the goal?
1: Are there people around you who? were or are kind of oh that person's on the sitcom now or that's yeah. kind of the path with UCB right that's
2: totally the path and um
1: who and, else were you see were there other people that you were thinking about they did it so can I
2: um well if they did it so could I well like when when we were at the people's improv theater um Ellie Kemper from the office and whatnot like she got it from people's improv theater and uh Kristen Shaw was there and there were people who were starting to make that leap and then at UCB it was you know once once a year two people go to SNL mm-hmm. and um and i had peers who were getting uh you know late night writing jobs and things like that and i just yeah i'm very i'm very driven by like peer success mm-hmm. not in a jealousy way but just like F- yeah that looks that's so awesome that you get to do that i want to do that too let's all rise up together um and and there's also just the migration of New York to L.A., and you start to see people do that, and when they're in L.A., things start really going for them. Okay. So I knew that that was going to have to happen.
1: So I'm curious how <clears throat> there was kind of this, there was a maybe a fork in the road right. for you that has now led to the YouTube traction, right. whereas with other people it's the writing gig on television or... Uh, the sitcom starring role type of a situation. Well,
2: I thought the fork in the road for me, or what I thought was going to be the fork, is that I thought I was going to have to choose writing or performing. Okay. So I would bounce back and forth of, you know, oh, well, I just, I really want to perform. I need to do more of that. To, mm-hmm. man, I really enjoy the writing process. I, I think I might be better at that. And what I think YouTube did was be able to kind of converge those two. So you like, wait, you can do both.
1: So, how did that happen? How did the YouTube thing start becoming a factor for you?
2: Um, it started becoming a factor. We started doing "You Deserve a Drink," and I was still doing a lot of stuff at UCB. But it's and we- was Grace
1: at UCB too?
2: No, Grace was um, people's improv theater. Still, she did okay. she does traditional improv as well. So she was on like a Friday night team and would do mm-hmm. that. Um, <clears throat> and I was all in at UCB. But I guess when it really became a factor is just the numbers game. Of this sounds probably really sh- a traditional comedy, but it's like I can beg and promote and grind to get eighty people to this show next week, or I can put up a video and and this is like you know early days where it's just like, or I can put up a video and like five thousand people saw it, like that's right. five times my town I grew up in, and so I, I started to kind of put more focus on it than I had before.
1: So what was the Genesis of the first YouTube video, because right off the bat you had you had the show, right? Mm-hmm. So how how did that work? Was it the the writer mindset bringing together the bartender thing? Because were you bartending too?
2: Yeah, you said you I, doing you did that for I, like five years. I bartended until two years ago.
1: Okay, so you were like I'm yeah. pu- I'm putting mm-hmm. these two things together, and yeah, I'm exactly.
2: Exactly Grace was doing uh, Daily Grace and she okay. was she was killing it you know she mm-hmm. was a few years in I think it was just when she started to really like have people like show up at her her theater that were fans things like that like she really started to be like, oh this is a thing. this is a thing yeah. outside of our little life in New York City people know who you are and mm-hmm. like I said, we were hanging out during the day all the time. I was like, you know what I have an idea for a silly video um, you deserve a drink. Where I can actually teach you how to make drinks, but with really bad jokes. And the first one was for Charlie Sheen, like, during his meltdown. Right. Tiger Blood Gimlet. Um, <laughs> and my rationale was always, because I know how cruel people can be on YouTube, was, well, even if people think I'm an idiot and hate my jokes, they're still learning how to make a drink. <laughs> it's so educational. It was, that was my crutch of, like, and I still, to this day, get comments that are like, God, I hate your face. <laughs> But hey, that mojito looks delicious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, do you, I mean, do you start to think I'm going to not do the drink part and I'm just going to do me? I mean, you have the second right. channel that's just, that's, I guess that's what that is, right? Yeah. But it, but it's more of just kind of a side project kind of a thing in terms of YouTube. How do you see that?
2: Um, I'd love, I really, really have fun doing Town, and, um... I feel like all the other things I'm working on or like trying to develop are more in that sense of just of just me I guess and and just doing weird stuff. I always want to keep doing the drinking thing. I can see I mean there's definitely certain limits. It limits things. It's it limits age, you know. It limits some people; just don't drink. But I love it, and I f-ing love drinking. So I always want there to be an element of that in my work. Really, I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm writing a book, and and there's going to be recipes throughout it. And yeah, it's what I really enjoy.
1: What's the book going to be called?
2: That I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping it could be you deserve a drink, but I who knows?
1: Topless Tuesday. <laughs> well, there
2: is a chapter on Topless Tuesday. Oh, there is? Yeah, so okay. <laughs> I hope I wet all your listeners' whistles, which oh, sounded yeah. gross in that context. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> so, with with the success of uh, what you're having on YouTube, and then you know, with being able to write yeah. and act in a feature film, awesome. Um, has the focus changed? You know, because I think that still a lot of people who have the talent that you have that you could easily see you getting, oh, snatched up into a sitcom or something like that. Right. Is that still like, oh yeah, that would still be really awesome or is it like, you know, this internet thing has sort of become a thing and I've, you know, we can do these independent projects like Camp Dakota, like how does that change things?
2: I I still totally want to do television and film. Uh, The thing is, is, the I always want to continue doing the YouTube thing, uh, a hundred percent. That's like my main my that is my main focus. But figuring out like everyone is trying to do how you can find that happy medium, because like you know old habits die hard. If I'm eight years old wanting to get an agent to be on TV, yeah, I still want it. I still want to be on TV. It's just right. you know you have to check that off. But um, I don't think it's. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, the internet, are you using it as like a stepping tool? And it's like, no, it's one of the blocks I want to have to build whatever my life is going to be. I always want it to be there.
0: You know, how has the, you you talked about how the fans kind of recognized that, okay, you had formed this friendship Mm -hmm. with uh, Grace and Hannah, and then you guys were making videos because you're friends and you all do the same thing. Yeah. Once people kind of start recognizing that this is a thing. Yeah. Was Camp Dakota a reaction to that or was that, was it a plan all along?
2: Interesting. Um, we met Michael Goldfine, who's the producer of the movie. He actually met Hannah and Grace and they were like, he wanted to create a project. Didn't know what it was, but wanted to create a project with YouTubers. And they were like, you should meet our friend Mamrie. Um, and you know, at that point it wasn't like, because she's, on our level, you know, they they have much bigger audiences with me, but I love the writing aspect of it. Um, so we got together and met, and I actually—I had 20 pages of camp written in its first form, and I was like, I have this idea for this movie, a woman, blah, 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 life falls apart. And Michael, who was a camper through and through growing up, was like, I love it. I've always wanted to make a camp movie. Yes, let's, like, make this movie. So um, that was already a thing in my head. But it wasn't a thing starring three people in my head, so it was it was breaking it out to where it could be this like mm-hmm. this story about these three girls' friendship. But still, right. the whole the whole way she gets there and whatnot was was the same.
0: Right. So it was mm-hmm. it, it it was it was your friendship with them that kind of led to your involvement in the project. But it was exactly. your idea that ended up changing Making because the of project. Yeah. Yeah, because of uh, the friendship. Yeah. So I mean, how is that? Do you guys now? You know, it's because with the two of us, obviously, we, we've been best friends since we were six years old, yeah. and it's it's, it's, just a, it's a given that any entertainment project that we're going to work on, we're going to work on together. it
2: together. Yeah, of course.
0: Uh, now that you guys have this, you know, relationship, mm-hmm. and you're working together, is it like, you know what, we should, you get together and you talk about what should we do next mm-hmm. as, as the trio? Uh,
2: as <laughs> the trio? Um... I mean, we're definitely working on some things, and we had—the thing is, is that making the movie was just so much fun, and, like, like my goal is just to continue to find ways to get paid to goof off with my friends on a set, <laughs> essentially. Um, and so we definitely want to do things together, but, you know, they're busy girls, too. We yeah. all have our own things going on, so— um, I'm trying to think of someone else and like who always ends up doing movies together or let's say like, you know, like the three amigos, like (laughs) Steve Martin had other films and things, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. But then they, but then when they come together, it's really fun. That's what I would love to do with Grace and Hannah is be able to do our own things, come together, have a blast, you know, and just, just interweave through each other's careers, I think would be fantastic. But it is funny now that people are aware I'll, I'll see things on Tumblr that's just like I think Grace and Mamrie are pushing Hannah out since the film and I'm like it's been four days <laughs> and also like we got lunch yesterday we just didn't Instagram <laughs> like, yeah. like they just they need like their dose to make sure that we're still friends right. and it's like guys we're still really good friends yeah, we we just don't always record it it's okay well
1: I think it's <laughs> you know we experience <clears throat> that in doing Good Mythical Morning every day that we get comments. I think that I think that I sense tension.
2: Yeah. What? No. I hope that
1: they're okay. Yeah, we get that. It's, it's, it's all it's. We're fine, it's, guys. It's very frustrating <laughs> for us, but I guess in the end, it's very—it's a very good sign that someone cares so much that, like their their connection to us hinges on our friendship with each other. Right. That they care so much about it.
2: But it's also nice too because, especially the the age a lot of the age that people are watching, it is, it is kind of when you're still figuring out how to be friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that yeah. time where, like, you know what it's like to be eight and ride bikes, but, like, when you're really figuring out how to be friends as, like, a teenager, it, you have, like, good friendship models to kind of look up to and, um, and you know, try to emulate. And so if there's tension, like, all is lost.
0: Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. Like, but they them, yeah. can't pull it off. Right.
2: How am I supposed to, you know— but we're all fine guys we're all we're all <laughs> yeah. friends and there's, okay. all there's adults.
1: fan fiction that when yeah. you guys would do the no filter tour mm-hmm. you guys would act out fanfic the
2: the extremely suitable for work fan fiction because <laughs> there is otherwise
1: oh yeah you didn't yeah. act out any of the no sexual it was a, stuff? it was an all ages show okay so
2: we'll save okay. that for our amsterdam <laughs> leg of our tour uh yeah there's some there's some stuff there's some. Yeah. Hey, you know what I say? It keeps kids writing. I'm on board. <laughs> it's so creative, yeah. and a lot of it is really well written. So, well, I, I enjoy writing. I mean, I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw your one the other day. Yeah, i Two to hearts know. beat you're, as one. <laughs> you're reading
1: my work. Three hearts beat as one. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) Yeah. We get a little bit of that. Do you get
2: fan fiction? But,
1: uh, Uh, yeah. I've heard about it, but I haven't read any of it. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) I can't bring myself to... It's so funny. I love it. And then people, all the different ships that people do, they get really intense about it. Like, to a... Kind of ridiculous degree. I mean, do you know about all this? Like yeah. shipping wars. Yeah. Yeah. And like people get pissed off when other people ship. And at the end of the day it's like, hey guys, none of us f each other. <laughs> Spoiler alert, uh, we're all friends, so slow your roll.
1: <laughs> so so now what? I mean, there's you're mm-hmm. you're still kind of on the, the the crest of this initial wave of Camp Dakota.
2: Oh, I haven't been sober in a month. <laughs>
1: it's pretty exciting. It's
2: pretty exciting.
1: Um, yeah. but you said that you're, there's other things in the works
2: there's other things in the works right now right now I'm doing the whole going on auditions and writing the book uh, mm-hmm. but then I'm definitely you know hit the ground running to get another as we know movies take a long time to make so I want to start making one ASAP and I, I just want to like ride the coattails of Camp Dakota to try to get people to you know believe in another project and and that's I'm just want to use it as leverage to be like people will come people will watch it if we build it. So yeah, I want to make more movies. I want to want to develop more things with uh my own voice.
1: Well, we're excited to <laughs> uh you. hear the voice and see the See the eyes.
2: It's going to get weird. (laughs) It's going to get weird. I can't wait. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for uh, making an an ear biscuit with us.
2: Thanks for having me. This biscuit was delicious. It was no Bojangles, but it was pretty, pretty pretty good.
0: We should get some of that shipped here.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, there you have it. Our Ear Biscuit with the one and only Mamrie Hart. I I think it's cool and, you know, getting to know her better and kind of hearing her story. Just the fact that from a young age, she knew that she wanted to be an entertainer. She was inspired by her parents by being on the set with her dad. And then, you know, she steps out with only $400, goes to New York to pursue her dream. uh, Seeing one path, but then... In a lot of ways, I guess, due to her friendship with Grace and the traction that Grace was getting on YouTube, she kind of switched tracks and uh, now finds herself being able to make her own right and star in her own movie. I mean, that's that's where we are in, in the industry. And it's just cool that um, someone who was felt like they were made to do this is, is able to do it and has unprecedented opportunity.
0: And she did it without the help of her father, too. You know, I I don't know what his status in the world of entertainment is now, but, you know, when she said, I went to New York, just like anybody else. No one that had a dad that was on a TV show just went to New York with $400 uh, and kind of made it happen.
1: And, you know, she's a truly talented individual and uh, just very funny, great actress. You know, I was really impressed with Camp Dakota and, uh, I get you know, I'm excited for her that, she's able to do this and she's got this big push and then can think about writing a book and all this stuff on top of it. And,
0: and now we've talked to all three of them though, you know, uh, this, that's the thing that I thought about. We talked to Grace, we talked to Hannah, we talked to Mamrie. We got to find another group of three... Amigos, Yeah, as she called it. We got to find another trio. Do, do you know where to start?
1: Um, no, we could add somebody to us and we would be one, I guess. Maybe, we, Maybe that's what we actually should be thinking. <laughs> Not uh, who should we talk to, but do we need a third person? That's not a person? bad idea. And then how would we go about taking applications for it that? Might, maybe just a pet. Maybe we start small. Like if if we got like an entertainment pet, you know how people get pet. Even Mamrie has it. a dog. I got it, how about like a monkey? Oh gosh. Because I, I, in a lot of these- <laughs> That's not even a pet, that's like an actor.
0: A lot of these YouTubers- These monkeys are smart. A lot of YouTubers are doing things. I'm gonna get this cat, or I'm gonna get this dog, and put him on in my Instagram, and <laughs> everything's gonna be great. I don't want to. I don't want that kind of pet. You're talking
1: chimpanzee
0: or no? A monkey. Chimpanzee is a primate. I, I, I don't. Well, wanna, I
1: know the difference between a monkey and a primate,
0: but I think you have got to start with a monkey. Okay. You don't want. Uh, I mean, chimpanzee. Chimpanzee can, is like ninety nine percent the DNA matches us. So that would be like just having like a third person
1: around. Well, that's what I'm getting. At.
0: I know, but I don't. I think that's too much to take on at all at once. I think and they'll turn up, on you. Yeah, oh, yeah, and they'll rip your face off. Oh god! Unless they're young, a monkey. Will throw his feces on you. I definitely heard about how they'll do that, but that could be entertaining. There could be a whole channel of him doing that.
1: I mean, you, I, you don't even know how many times I've come close to doing that to you. <laughs> so it's you're not as far how as you think. How often does
0: that cross your mind?
1: Yeah, it's just I don't have any on hand.
0: All right, so all right, uh, anybody that's a monkey out there that listens to Ear Biscuits, if you're, you know, if you're thinking about potentially getting on YouTube or having a career in entertainment, we'll dress you up in anything you want. You can play an instrument that's even better.
1: We've reached a new low. Not only are we thinking about having a monkey as part of our comedic duo, but we're also addressing them as if they listen. This is sad. There,
0: Hey, listen, I, there is a less than 1% chance out there I mean, that there's a monkey out there listening to us right now. Really? He's probably not in control of the audio, but he's somebody's pet monkey right now, and they're listening, and he started looking at them right now, and he's like, they're talking about me, George. <laughs> I said George because I was thinking about a monkey.
1: Right. Curious
0: yeah. George. George, George. The man in the yellow hat is listening <laughs> to this Ear Biscuit, and George is looking at him.
1: Okay, I'm shaking my head right now (laughs) in in, uh, disgust and apology. This goes out to all of you non-monkeys out there. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for leaving a review on iTunes. It makes a difference. And tweet at Mamrie. Her Twitter handle is Mametown, M-A-M-E-Town. And let her know what you thought. Also, tweet at us. Give us the feedback. We do this every week for you, Friday afternoons. And we will be back again next week. He